You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Welcome to another edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. In the enterprise that is Glenn Beck's Blaze TV, there are a handful of people who have been with Glenn since the beginning. One such person is Sarah Sullivan, who has been with Glenn since 2003 and has run the technical aspect for his radio show for over a decade now. Sarah sat down with me to talk about her journey, how she almost became a psychology major, an important book she recommends everyone read, and we try to figure out why our earliest childhood memories are so traumatic. Sarah Sullivan of Glenn Beck's radio team is my guest for this edition of At The Mic. Today's victim in the chair, my guest, Sarah Sullivan. Thank you for making time. Thank you. Sarah's been with Glenn, Glenn Beck is who we're speaking of. Mm -hmm. You have been with Glenn Beck now for how long? This is my 18th year. 18 years. My age. So since I was born, pretty much. So you're only 18. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that really crazy? That is crazy. So you've been working since you were hatched? Yep. Okay. Started early. Very interesting. Okay. So Sarah Sarah is, um, you've been with Glenn in how many cities now have you worked with him in? So I started in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and then moved to New York and now in Texas. Now in Texas. Okay. And you were born in Philadelphia, right? I was, yeah. Was Mm -hmm. it? Was it West Philadelphia? Born, born and raised? raised? Yeah. Good one. Um, <laughs> no, it was the suburbs. <laughs> it was the suburbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whenever you hear Glenn on the show calling out, Sarah, Sarah this, Sarah that, right? Mm-hmm. He's referring to you. Yes. Correct. Okay. So do you hear him making requests of you in your nightmares? <laughs> in my nightmares? I don't. Um, but we do work with some other Sarahs. So I'm always on high alert when I do hear the name from him. Uh-huh. That I just, you know, I just, I automatically go in fight or flight. Okay. I got you. I got you. Because what you do, and I've done what you do. In fact, I was your backup briefly in New York mm-hmm. when we worked up there. I cannot stand doing what you do. Running the board. She plays the commercials, the bumper music. Uh, she has to make it's so much bigger than that. There's no way to justify how important of a job it is or all the details that that surround it. Coordinating sound, coordinating video, making sure everybody's on the microphone when they're supposed to be. Uh, just, I think the biggest part is uh, getting Glenn on time. Uh-huh. That's like wrangling cats. That's probably the hardest part. Yeah, yeah, and there used to be used to be that really small segment. At the end of each hour, and, and I guess he does it now still, right? Where he leaves you with no time at yeah, all, and yeah. the music comes back, and boom, yep. it's off Bye. the break. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, uh, that's got to be that is a stressful job. Just trying to get Glenn to focus on getting out on time uh, is a job in of itself. Okay, so when you were young and you were growing up, did you think, you know what, one day I want to run a radio board, a radio station, a radio show? Is that something that you always want to be in radio? I didn't always, no, but I do think that um, the first part, I think for everybody, not to generalize, but the first thing that always gets your attention is the DJ, as we used to call them, which now they're jocks or <laughs> whatever. Uh-huh. Um, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to hype up the songs. And in those days, which make me an old timer, <laughs> um, they, 
I thought you could pick the music. So I was always oh. really excited to do that because I, I was like, I got this. I can yeah. go in there and just put together a playlist, you know, and, and talk it up and never quite worked out that way. Mm. Well, what kind of music would you play if you were a DJ? At the running. time, I mean, at that time, I mean, it's not anything I would want to do now, but <laughs> at that time it was, you know, top 40, like right. teen bop sort of stuff. But what's your favorite uh, musical genre? Genre, I don't really have a favorite. I would say that I am drawn to things that can make me dance, mm. like stuff with a beat. <laughs> so I am still into pop music, rap music. Okay. What's your favorite artist then? <laughs> if you had to pick one, who, who is well, it? I think if you pick a favorite, it has to be a solid classic sort of It's got to stand the test right. of time, right? A little, yeah. So it, it's something that I was 17 listening to, I wouldn't listen to now necessarily. However, <laughs> the Beastie Boys are okay. probably my favorite band if I had to pick one because they're just awesome. Okay. And I ask people this, and you can make this up if you want. Mm -hmm. What was the last song that you had on repeat? Was it a Beastie song? No. No. No, on repeat, I, it was... Oh, no, here I we don't go. even remember. I think oh, I think it was a Hozier song um, mm -hmm. that was on repeat because I'm into him suddenly. Wow. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who, who that is. <laughs> I should probably brush up on, well, on everything pop mm -hmm. culture related. Yeah. So you were born and raised in Philadelphia. Correct. You have one sister. How was that growing up? Well, she is a lot younger than me, so it was more of, you know, I would look out for her as a mother figure more than, you know, sister-sister. So What's was, the age difference there? Uh, we're 10 years apart. Oh, so she's eight. Right. Okay. She's eight. Mm -hmm. No, she's, <laughs> you know, she's got three kids and she's she's grown, but growing up, yeah, it was kind of just looking out for her. Okay. And so she's still in the Philadelphia area or did she? Yes. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. All right, you had your childhood. You wanted to be a DJ. How how early was that in your mind? I mean, to be fair, like every time career day would roll around at school, I'd never <laughs> picked anything, you know? And my mom was like, just be a teacher. You know, you could just wear normal clothes. And I was like, sold. Okay. So I had wanted to be a teacher for the longest time, which wasn't true. I'm terrible at teaching. And I don't like getting up in front of people. So it was just like, what do you want to do? I'm going to be a teacher. So um, I would say probably like high school, okay. I started getting into the music. So then you went to Temple University. Was it to become some radio? So it's actually quite a funny story. Uh -oh. I started at St. Joe's University. And I it was awesome it was great because I had gone to Catholic school my entire life I went to an all-girls academy for high school and then just to continue my school career with a Catholic college made sense so I went and it was great I met a lot of awesome people um, but then it came time to pick a major and I was like um, I don't know <laughs> how, are so, you at, how are you at math I'm not so good Okay, not well, so good. all right. I mean, that's the beacon that draws most of us. But at the time, the, the drawing focus for me was, what do you want to be? Like, what's career day right now? Uh -huh. And I couldn't be a teacher. And so I, you know, I could have picked anything in the world. And I was like, I literally have no idea. So I went to my guidance counselor or whatever it is at the time and said, I want to get into communications. I really like psychology. 
And she said, well, we don't have communications here. And I said, well, there's speech communication. And she's like, oh, well, that's different. So this whole time, I'm like, all right, well, I want to do communications. Turns out that it was mass communications. <laughs> not, you know, like it was just uh-huh. this confusing time. Yep. So yep. Um, I ended up not doing speech communication. And I wanted to transfer. And both my parents had gone to Temple. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just, it's right down the street. I'll just transfer there. And they have every major and tons of communications. And as I looked more into it, I could do psychology also, but then I would be in school for 8,000 years. So I decided to just stick with mass media and mass communications and went to Temple after my first year. And that that was your major then? I double majored with um, mass communications and Spanish. And Spanish. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Crazy. Have you put that to use here in Texas? Uh, Not really. Uh, I mean, I listen in on conversations all the time, but other than that, no. Because you were born and raised in the Philadelphia area. Correct me if I'm wrong. You spent your entire life up in the Northeast, mm-hmm. right? Around oh, yeah. New York and Philly and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you're in Texas for a couple years now, right? Yeah. Three, four, how, how long has it it's been? It's about four years. Yeah. Wow. Time flies. Okay. So you've been down here. Has it been a culture shock uh, going from the Northeast to Texas in a good way, bad way? Not so much. I really disliked Texas in the beginning. Um, so it was hard for me to really get used to, I guess, the environment. So culture shock to a point, but I think the best part about moving down South is that I don't have to rely on public transportation. I was going to say. So while I might have hated the neighborhood or hated, you know, X, Y, or Z, it was like, but I don't have to take a train every day. I love it. I love it. It could have been like Podunk, Mississippi, and I would be like, I love it. This is great. Yeah. Um, because the train was maddening up in Manhattan, as you know. And yeah, you're on someone else's schedule all the time. All the time. Yeah. Okay. So you're down here now. You, you can, you have, everything's bigger down here, correct? Sure. I mean, you got mm-hmm. more space. Um, how about the weather, though? Do you enjoy the weather of the Northeast more or down here in Texas? It is a battle because there are times when I do miss the snow, but it's so fleeting that <laughs> I would have to say I'll take this hot weather over, you know, a couple of days of snow or awful snowstorm. And being through Hurricane Sandy um, makes me not want to really like I think I would be OK with a tornado. I know that sounds awful, but it's almost like, dude, I've been through enough weather madness that, OK, this is fine. I'll take the heat. Tornado comes through, and if you dodge, if you you know if you're lucky enough to dodge it, then yeah. it's over, yeah. right? You, yeah. The threat's passed. But I know with Sandy, when you were up there, you were how long were you in the city? Trapped oh yeah, there? I was trapped in the city. I think uh, I want to say five days, but it might have only been three, mm-hmm. um, because they weren't letting anyone in and anyone out, and it was so weird. It's kind of like I guess now in this Corona climate or COVID. Um, where there's just not many people around. And in Manhattan, I mean, Times Square, you could count the amount of people that were there Hmm. during that time. And restaurants had run out of food and it was just, it was sparse. So yeah, it was crazy. Okay, let's go back for a moment. When when you were considering college majors, right? You Hmm. were interested in psychology. Yes. Have you done anything with that? Have you considered delving into that because i feel like and you can ask any of your coworkers around here 
I feel like you could probably analyze me in five seconds. And, and <laughs> well, you know, I feel like I could analyze you because we've known each other for <laughs> a good amount of time now that, you know, because <laughs> okay. um, we worked together for how long? That's almost 11 years now. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's probably why. But I you should I, you should get an award like Glenn should give you an award for having to work in such close proximity to me for over a decade now. Um, your wife should get an award. That's <laughs> beside the point. Um, so uh, I have not. I, I enjoy like reading on my own and doing my own sort of research. Um, I love people watching that sort of thing. But it's just too much. I know it sounds awful. It's just too much schooling and anything to get a certification to actually go and do something. It's uh, like, forget it. Okay. I'll All be right. 100 by the time that happens. I got you. All right. So how did you cross paths with Glenn then? Oh, so um, when I finally went to Temple, got everything situated, I had to get an internship. And at the time, my mom was a practicing nurse practitioner. And one of her... Patience was the music director of our local CHR. And she was like, yeah, just have her send me, you know, like an application. I, I don't remember what they did and, for internships. CHR would be Contemporary Hit Radio? Yes. Okay, cool. The Top 40. The Top 40, everybody. Um, so, yeah, so she's like, just have her send me the information. And I was like, okay, I never get selected ever for anything, but it ended up working. I don't know if it was because of my mom. I don't know if it was because <laughs> of my own know. merit. You know, it's just like... I was able to get in. Cool. And so I started working there in the promotions department, which I feel is what every radio person starts at. You know, that is a common thread that's yeah. come through this podcast. Yeah. That's where Stu started yeah. before he met Glenn. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I started working in promotions and it was a lot of fun. It was it was probably the best thing like for a college kid, but I wasn't getting paid and I wasn't all, I was getting credits. That's about it. Oh. So I was wasting my time and my energy, <laughs> but not getting paid, which nowadays the entitled folk are like, what? I would never. So right. this is like a, whew, this is a history in itself. Um, <laughs> so I went past like the radio studio and I just fell in love. Like it was some weird energy with the radio board. And it was like, that's weird. And so every day I would walk by and I just was like, oh my gosh, I want to learn how to work that. Oh, wow. And so one of the guys that I worked with in promotions was a board operator. Okay. And he's like, if you want to stop by, I can teach you any time. And I was like, awesome. So I would do promotions and then I would come back at night and do the overnights with him and learn the board. Wow. And I learned a lot. And then I was able to just go back to the music director and say, hey, I would really like to start doing this. And so she hired me. Um, so I started board operating operating the board i don't know what do you call it board opping technical produce i think that production. is the technical term the technical or is it operations i don't know i started something. doing it <laughs> um and i had to train not train necessarily but just show lisa page um just different things like the vox pro and where it came up and you know all the stuff and profit slash next gen the program that i use for doing the board stuff is right. uh, was fairly new at the time. They had just gone into automation because we were still pulling CDs, you know. Mm -hmm. And Lisa is Stu's wife. Lisa Page is Stu's wife. Okay. And she and I became very f close friends and she would have me on her show from time to time. <laughs> and we would talk all the time. And she's like, you know, the station, I guess, or the guy that my husband works for is looking for people. And I was like, I never heard of this guy. I wasn't into <laughs> politics at all. 
And I said, oh, okay, wow. And then I go home to my mom. So same building. No. Different state. No. No, they were down the street from each other. Oh, okay. Um, she had just happened to come up because they were in Florida at the time. They had just moved to Philly. Okay. So it. they were looking for, I think, a call screener or a board, a fill-in board operator. That's what it was. Because at the time, Dan Andros was running the board. Uh-huh. And he had needed somebody as a backup. And she apparently suggested me and I went home to my mom and I was like, mom, I really don't want to get into talk radio. Like it's so lame. And I just, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> so lame. Oh, and no. she, and my mom was like, well, you never know. Like who is the guy? And I was like, Glenn Beck. I don't know. <laughs> and she's like, are you kidding me? I love him. Oh, You have to go work for him. And I was like, oh, you need to calm it down. <laughs> but I was like, listen, I need money, you know, struggling college kid. I said, I'll give it a whirl. But, it's a national show. It's a lot more pressure okay. than just, you know, Johnny on the spot radio. So I ended up going over there, meeting with Stu. We got along and I was able to call screen and do backup stuff. And then eventually became the backup for Dan on the board. Gotcha. And because your primary role, though, was call screening originally, right? At the time, yeah. Okay, because mm-hmm. I think, if I'm not mistaken, didn't I, when I started working for Glenn and I became the call screener, did I, were you not in that role that I... I feel like it was someone else. that's when you else. became the board op. Well, I had been doing the board before you got there. I think they were just throwing people into the mix that didn't quite work out. Uh-oh. Um, and I think they had wanted to make it a dual role, which would be call screening and also producing and guest work and stuff like that. Mm. At the time, it was just like somebody answering the phone and that was it. Okay. Um, so that's when I think you came along. Yeah. But I had been running the board for, so, a, for a while. So if you listen to Glenn Beck on the radio, the person pushing all of the buttons, making everything sound flawless, is this lady right here, Sarah Sullivan, since about 2009-ish that uh, you've... On the board, probably. Wow. Yeah, I worked... I started with Glenn in 03, so yeah, I guess, something like that. Okay, so that's why it sounds so great, y'all, right here. Okay, what are some other jobs that you have had over the years? It sounds like you've been with Glenn so long. Yeah. And since, like we established early on, you're 18 years right. old, you probably haven't had any other Not gigs, many. huh? no. <laughs> Um, I actually had my first job at 12. Um, I was an admin in a doctor's office. At 12? At 12, yeah. What, in the state of Pennsylvania? It was not on the books. It was uh-huh. under under the table, as they said. I was going to say. Okay. Um, and then I would do some babysitting, stuff like that. Yeah. And then um, I worked at the dollar store, Dollar Express, mm-hmm. was my jam. Um, and yes, I promise you, People came in to ask how much things were every single day. Well, how much is this? It's a dollar. <laughs> how much is this? It's a dollar. This isn't a dollar, is it? It is. But now wait, now, is the dollar, because there is a store in New Jersey and the name of the store is everything's a dollar. Mm-hmm. And that, that's convenient because then you don't have to ask. Oh, they, just, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure they do. It's just what it is. Okay. So, so, but is everything at the dollar store a dollar? See, I'd be one of those. I'd be one of those customers. It makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, there are things <laughs> that are two for a dollar and four uh-huh. for a dollar, but nothing is ever or over a dollar. I did figure out what five below is all about. Yeah. Good for you. Five dollars or less. Good job. It only took me two dozen trips to the cashier <laughs> asking that question that you love. Okay. So you've uh, had other jobs. You mentioned babysitter. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. You're a mom. Yes. To two kids. Yes, two, two little girls. Beautiful little girls. Thank you. Ages 11 and 3? Correct. How has that been, especially with that gap? It's been great. I'm, I tried not to make it like my sister and myself. So they're not 10 years. They're just eight, which I mean, whatever. But they're getting along. They're good. they're good friends more so than my sister and I were. Uh-huh. Very good. Okay. Wait, wait. Do we need to explore that? No, we don't. We can go past that. <laughs> and uh, your husband, James, mm-hmm. uh, how long have you guys been married? See, that's an excellent question. Wait, if what? he listens to this, he's going to kill me. Um, <laughs> so he keeps track of that stuff. And I think we had just hit like a dozen. So we're at like a baker's dozen right now. So I think I would say 13 years. But we've been together. We went to college together. And I would say, sheesh. Yeah, probably about 16, 17 years we've been together. Wow. Oh, yeah. Very we were cool. dating when I started working with Glenn. So, yeah. Very good. Let's see here. What else do I have to, to go for? I'm going to ask you, you don't have to answer these. I talk about this all the time on the podcast, how I send an email, right? Send an email, ask for brief answers, blah, blah, blah. But see, I've added some questions since I emailed you your set of questions. So let's see if you want to answer these. Oh, boy. Tell me about your most embarrassing moment in your life. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> How did I know that was going to be the nope. answer? That is typically uh, that's typically the answer that Sarah gives when you ask her a question. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. You ask her a question. If it's not really critical or important to the program, making Glenn sound good, if it's not in that realm, it's typically a one-word answer, and it's typically no. Yep. Nope. Nope. So, or it's I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two-word answer. You're, you're kind of like the Calvin Coolidge of radio. Sure. I like it. I'll be Calvin. Yeah. Silent Cal. That's yeah. like Calvin Klein, right? Um, next question okay. would be earliest memory. Whew, uh, earliest memory. Um, so, uh, so my earliest memory, I would say we were in Nags Head or whatever that Martha's Vineyard, one of those. Okay. And I had gone outside and I wanted to come in. And I got a shower or I had just gotten out of swimming or something and I put my butt too close to the heater and I burned my little tushy. Right. Isn't that... All of our earliest memories are traumatic. Are they not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nobody says, oh, my earliest memory was having a great time at Disney World. No, No, it was definitely the burnt tushy. Yeah. Burnt tushy. Wow. So were you not able to sit down for... And to be honest, I was so young that I don't remember the actual what happened after. Yeah, I remember, remember my mom moment. picking me up, yeah, and like trying to console me, but otherwise it was just like I burnt my butt. Like this is weird. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm sitting here trying to figure out what mine would be, mm-hmm. and it would probably be two things. I don't know how close they happen to each other, but I I lost my uh, I left my Snoopy doll at Aww. at my uh, babysitter's house. Snoops. And I was able to direct my grandparents to it mm-hmm. to the, to her house. To retrieve Snoopy. That's crazy. And then they're making small talk, and we're getting ready to go, and they're stunned that this little kid directed you know, across the county or whatever. And uh, and so I went to the bathroom there, and, and I dropped Snoopy in the toilet, and then so my babysitter had to wash him and dry him and stuff. That was traumatic. I mean, it's like I dropped Snoopy in the toilet bowl. And the other one was kind of like you. It was like on a vacation, and I got a splinter. Oh, gosh. And I remember everybody in my family, I'm talking extended family, I'm talking two dozen people around this screaming kid while everybody and their brother tried to get this splinter out of me, and I just remember screaming the whole time. Where was it? Florida. 
No, where was the splinter? In my foot. Okay. What? Like, it wasn't in my tush. Well, no, but I just, I thought maybe your hand, because I get splinters in my hand. Yeah. I never got one in my foot. I do get splinters all the time. I mean, I get, I'm accident prone. I don't know if you know this about Mm -hmm. me, but I'm constantly breaking stuff. Mm -hmm. Normally, it's your equipment. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Or I'm injuring myself. And I was just walking out here by one of these signs that uh, being held by metal cables recently. And I just stupidly, a lesson you learn when you're a child. And a word that's always... Associated with me? Well, did I, I didn't say did it. Did I finish I, your sentence? Well, I mean... It's, it's just like, you know, you, you, you walk by and you just kind of touch the shelf or something like that. You know, something stupid. It's an OCD thing. So I, I hit the uh, cable and the, I got a metal sliver in my finger. Ooh. <sighs> that has to hurt. I never learn. <laughs> Who's been the biggest influence in your life, Sarah? Besides me. Mm, besides you. Biggest influence. Uh, Positive influence, I would hope, is kind of what I'm getting at. Sure. Um, I have two. Anybody you want to talk about? Yeah, I would say my uh, college professor, Howard Rice. um, He remains in my life, um, has really helped me kind of gauge and navigate through basic What's, what subject do, does he teach? He was in marketing and advertising. Okay. And we just became friends. Um, and yeah, for whatever reason, I don't know if you've ever met someone and you just feel that your energies work together. I, I feel like I'm on coast to coast right now. Uh, right, yeah. Um, no, it's just like one of those things that we just got along and we cool. remain friends to this day. It was really great. And uh, my second big influence is again somebody from temple which is weird um my girlfriend katie who is amazing she was in the army she's retired now and she recently lost her four-year-old son and every time i come up to anything i just not compare it but go but hi really mountain out of a molehill like perspective yeah Mm -hmm. that's a better word um, so I would say those two people are my greatest influencers. Can't imagine being uh, in that position of losing a young child. Yeah. That's, that's terrible. Okay, so you stay very busy. You stay um, busy for Glenn. I'm sure you stay very busy with your family and your daughters. If you ever do get any downtime, what is it you like to do with it? Um, I like to work out. Um, I have a Peloton and I do pure bar classes. Um, that stuff's intense, right? Yeah, it's per- it's yeah. Not a lot of people know about it, but it's fun. Um, and then, like, I try to just stay active with my kids. Um, I love to drink. That's probably <laughs> one of my favorite things. Um, I like to go shopping and love hanging out with my friends. That's good. Uh, you do some reading, right? Yes, yeah, so when I can. Okay. Is there a book you would recommend or something you just that has stuck with you that you absolutely loved reading? Yeah. Um, I would say I just recently, probably within the last decade, which isn't that recent, but got into nonfiction. Um, so I started exploring that and got into self-help and a whole lot of other things. But the one book that I would say I would recommend to anybody um, is a book that my dad gave me, which is um, Man's Search for Meeting by Viktor Frankl. Mm-hmm. Um, and... That was probably the most impactful book I've ever read. Oh, and I do like to read, so I am that nerd. 
but <laughs> I would absolutely recommend that. Yeah, that's uh, where he talks about life in the concentration camp, right? Yes, he yeah. survived it. Yeah, boy, that is powerful. That's a powerful book. Uh, I read that on the recommendation of someone I know. Oh, really? A long time ago. I bet she's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. But she's pretty neat. Yeah, kind of. Okay, so <laughs> uh, let's see. Do you have any pets? Oh, we just put our dog down probably yeah. almost a year ago. Little Boston Terrier. So no pets now. I have a honey badger. <laughs> you have a honey badger? Yes. That's okay. my youngest. We call her the honey badger. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Describe what this honey badger does. She is very special. And <laughs> she has the energy of a small Tasmanian devil. Yeah. And she just does not. She will climb anything. She will run anything. It just doesn't stop. She's just a ball of energy. Yeah. All righty. And so she is three years old now. Correct? Yes. Drew is three. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. Boy. How many things in your house have been broken recently? Oof. <laughs> Too many. I mean... She breaks them herself, usually, like her own toys and things. Oh, wow. It's silly. Okay. Any interesting talents that you have? (laughs) No. Okay. I just think it's funny. I don't even have a talent, let alone interesting ones. Okay. Got it. That's funny. Okay. What is something that people don't know about you? You you emailed back. You double majored in Spanish. Yes, which I already shared. Not many people know that. Right. So do you not get any use out of that whatsoever? Not as much as I'd like. Hmm. Um. At least anymore. Could you be a translator? Could you no. be at the UN? No. Explaining stuff to people? No. Okay. It's more like, it's it's something that I would really have to revisit and probably refresh myself on mm-hmm. before I would do anything with it. Okay. Very good. What's something you would like to accomplish in your lifetime? Did Ooh. I answer that in the email? Yeah. Hold on. This, it's really long too. Hang on a second. Do you want me to read this? I don't know. I believe in always pushing myself. Oh, that's gay. <laughs> super gay <laughs> and have accomplished so much in my life and am truly fortunate to live my life at this point being a good mom to my girls is my biggest goal there you go I like it okay uh, any regrets regrets any regrets any regrets um, I try to view every potential regret as a learning experience so I try not to it's kind of a good way to look at it but I'm sure that I do. I mean, probably saying hello to you would be a regret because look what, I mean, can't get rid of you now. Wow. Wow. Okay. Just being honest. Yeah. I would say that hurts, but I'm used to it. <laughs> okay. All right. So do you have a bucket list? I have a a little bucket list. I think right now with, so I've been through a lot over the last few years. I try to just make it through the day, then make it through the week, then make it through the month. My bucket list is making it through the day. Yeah. So <laughs> I haven't had a chance to revisit my bucket list, but I'm sure I do. Okay. Well, I mean, do you want to share anything uh, that, that comes to mind? Um, okay. So I would say for my bucket list, um, I would like to actually jump out of an airplane. I've done oh, the wow. iFly thing, but I think to oh, do it yeah. in real life would be amazing. Um I would like to travel more. I was going to ask you that because you and Jim went to Europe for your honeymoon. Yes. Right. And where all did y'all go? We went to Italy. It was just a, around Italy, Rome, Florence, Venice. But um, yeah, how, it was How great. was that? It was really good. We did it for two weeks. Um, wow. Two weeks? Yeah, it was really great. Strictly in Italy? Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. Probably got a lot of places. A lot of places, yeah. I mean, Naples, we did it all. We had wanted to do Greece too, but there just wasn't enough time. Where all have you been then traveling? I'm going to sound real real bougie. Um, (laughs) I've been to England, Ireland, Scotland, Spain, and Mexico. Wow. In addition to Italy. In addition to Italy. You've covered a lot of ground. Yeah, my parents loved to travel, and they made sure that I did, too. So that was really great. What's been your favorite place to visit other countries? And it's weird because there's a favorite in every spot. Mm. But the one that always comes to mind first, because it was the most lush, beautiful place I've ever seen, was Scotland. Oh, wow. What time of year were you there? I honestly don't remember. I think (laughs) it was fall. Do you ever get to travel within this country? Not much. I really enjoy international travel. I like learning new cultures and um, new habits and stuff like that. So I haven't really explored the United States as much as I should, but I've gotten a good amount. I mean, I've been to California, Florida, Maine. I've, mm. hit, I've hit the the coasts. I really want to get to Maine. I, I, it's not so great. Why not? I, I like beaches and, you know... Oh, yeah, because the, the beaches in Maine are just rocks. Like, that's your beach. No, that really is. It's not it a, is. Literally, try to find a flattish rock, and there's your beach. And I think there's maybe one day a year where you can actually swim in the water out there because it's always freezing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's, no, not yeah, for me. Okay. What's your biggest fear? Um, It probably goes to the mom thing, not mm. being able to provide for my kids or... If for whatever reason not be a mom, you know, to them, whether I lose one or something happens, it's probably my biggest fear. Yeah. If you weren't doing radio as a career, what do you think you would be doing right now? Uh, sugar mama. Or I guess looking for my sugar daddy. I mean, that's a probably a full time job in of itself. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So. Huh. Well, you might luck. want to set up a like a GoFundMe page so Sarah doesn't have to go find a sugar daddy if this doesn't work out. Good luck with Thanks. that. I Thanks. hope I hope hope you can live your dreams. Ah, me too. Me too. It's a tough world. <laughs> okay, so uh, have I have I missed anything? I mean, we really zipped through this. This was a uh, this is is a stunning how quick of a conversation this was, but at the same time, it's really not that stunning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Because you're such a you're a, oh, you're a person of so few words. Uh, yes. I shouldn't be surprised that that we set a new record for the length of this podcast. Is that really? <laughs> <laughs> Just looking Oops. at the clock there. Uh, no, seriously. Is there anything that I missed that that we didn't cover? I don't think so. I did hit it all. Okay. The only thing I didn't talk about was my other jobs, but oh, it doesn't matter. Other jobs when you were coming up the ranks, like working at the Olive Garden, that sort of thing. Oh. Tell us about how you worked at the Olive Garden. I think going to college and trying to make as much money as you can, um, I was working in radio and had to find other jobs. And so I started waitressing at the Olive Garden and then at Bertucci's, which is also just an Italian chain. And you learn a lot by being in the service industry. Yeah, it how is, is that? It's, it's not easy. And with someone like me with very short patience, it is <laughs> whoa, whoa, a whoa. challenge every day. Wait, news alert. Oh, yeah. Sarah Sullivan has limited patience. 
<laughs> I'm sure you never saw that. In no, I've never. Ten seen years we've no, worked together. Not at all. Mm-mm. So, as a waitress, and first of all, you'd probably come home and smelling like food. Yeah. 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 What What's the worst experience you ever had as a server? People walk out. Oh. Yeah. Wait. After they've ordered and yeah. eaten, yeah, and just like basically... walk out on a check. What? Yeah. So then, what happens? Uh, so it was in, I guess, the application or whatever it was when they hire you that with the potential of someone to walk out, you would pay for that plate or table or whatever it was. Ugh. But lucky for me, it happened so infrequently that management just comped it. So it was fine. But yeah, it's always a little different when that happens. That is not, that's not good. That's not right. I don't like that. Yeah. But it definitely taught me a lot of things and how to how to work with people. So I can't okay. be mad. What's the best thing that's ever happened to you uh, as a server? Like biggest tip maybe, something like yeah, that? Yeah, big tips are always really great. Um, what, or What do servers consider a big tip? What percentage are we talking about? And are we talking about before or after tax? I think it's um, <laughs> based on your age. I mean, there I worked with servers who were... In their 50s, you know, and this was the only job they've ever had. And they were used to it. Whereas I was, you know, brand new 18, 19, getting 30% on a check. And I was like beside myself because I would get like people would just round up to the next dollar, you know. So it it just depends on your age, I would think, or your expectations. Wow. Well, I always try to do, should I even say? Probably not. Probably not. Well, I try to tip nicely, but I, I don't know that it's. Is 20% after the tax? That's good, right? That's Of the grand total. Of the grand total. Yeah. That seems that's okay, fine. right? Yeah, that's good. Okay, good. Thanks. Because I'm about to have to completely question everything yeah. I believed no. if you were going to tell me that wasn't good. That's good. That's good. And if people would like that prospective sugar daddies, right? Oh, yes. If yes, they want to find you on social media, should we give your handle? My handle. Um, yes, it's at a girl underscore Sarah. So it's, oh, so I was going to say a girl underscore Sarah. Yeah. But, but it's, it's like just at. at. That's kind of funny. Like, yeah. at a girl. Yeah. Yeah. At a girl underscore Sarah. That's me. <laughs> and that's, uh, are you on Twitter? I'm or- on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Wow. Okay. So, and it's the same handle everywhere? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I, I don't think Facebook is at a, no. Oh, yeah, you're right. I think it's just my name. So. Okay. Well, very good. Anything else I've missed? I don't think so. Has this been awesome? Are it's you, been amazing. Are you glad you sat down and you took time? This is literally the longest conversation we've ever had in our 11 years working together. Yes, and let's go back to that regrets question. Wow. Wow. That We should revisit. We should revisit that one. Okay, Sarah Sullivan, did we ever come up with a title? Board operator, technical producer. I'm technically the director of operations. Oh, direct. that's right. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, she runs the Blaze Radio Network, I'd like to point out. Mm-hmm. So, so you do a lot of stuff back there behind the scenes. Do you prefer, though, behind the scenes as yes. opposed to... Oh, abs- without yeah. a doubt, yeah. Okay, all right. That's why I'm trying to end this. Because hmm? it's a little... Getting awkward? Yep. Yeah, I'm thinking about just coming up with some more questions Wait. on the fly here and drag this out. Sarah Sullivan of the Glenn Beck Radio Program, thanks so much. Thanks, Keith. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Look for At The Mike Show on Twitter to connect.